Welcome back to the Nullify Tech channel for a completely unscheduled live mucky. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing, doing really wet, brother. <laughs> really wet, man. Still got my green yeah. jacket on. Yeah. I can see that. So for those that are thinking, what's going on? Why is there a live? Um, we didn't really make a big deal out of going live tonight. It was never in the plans. Auckland in New Zealand, which is where both myself and Maki live, is currently being flooded. And as Auckland is being flooded by storms, myself and Maki were flooded with ideas of topics and things we could talk about on this show. And we thought, listen, we were having a chat on our phones off air. And I said to him, hey, some of this stuff I think is great content. People might come in the comments and say, no, you guys should have not come live. But I think we've got some gold here, Maki. And we decided, why not go live? Why, talk, why not talk about Survivor? exactly you know you look at Auckland now and you're like hey Mike we should start streaming through you get <laughs> oh man you're way too young to have dad jokes Mucky so I don't know if you should go down this, this road mate <laughs> are you even can you legally drive already I, I, I can I just if you well, were in if you were in America, would you be legal? Would you be able to go to clubs over in America? Actually, yeah, it's a really fun story. I went to um America with, with my father actually um not too long ago, like um late November, start of December, and we went yep. to this pub, and this and you know we both ordered some 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 cheeky margies, you know, as you do because margies are the best. And the waitress was like, "Can I see your ID?" And we're both a bit like, "Oh crap," you know, because I'm just slightly under twenty one at this point. So anyways, I, I give her my driver's license, but in America, they read the month, the day, and then the yep. year, not the day. And anyway, she they was do like, everything oh, differently in America, Mucky. They drive on the other side of the road. They work on miles, not kilometers an hour. <laughs> yeah. it, it is it is just completely different over there. They even play different sports to us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so she completely misread my driver's license and when she was like oh you're of age like i i couldn't believe it and i was like what and dad was like yep 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 he's, <laughs> he's of age <laughs> um well let's show some people that are dropping into the live and watching this later on why we decided to go live this is currently auckland so have a look at this i don't think the audio is on so i'll just talk over it this is a bus that is driving on the north shore and that is getting flooded with water. Oh my gosh. So that's pretty intense. So so because of this, because of this weather happening at the moment in Auckland, myself and Mucky, we're stranded when it comes to, uh, we can't go out, we can't go do anything. So we thought, why not come on here? Why not talk some Survivor? Use our time that we've got in our hands here on a Friday evening in Auckland very effectively, and let's talk about Survivor. Um, we've got a few people uh, in the live already. Liam saying, "Wow, so much water!" Uh, my boy Liam is is one of my top G's. All right, Stephen. Also, dude, you are awake too early. Uh, Jimmy K, good day, guys. Um, hello, everyone. Myself and Mucky decided to jump on and do a live, just talk about Survivor in general. So, if there's any topics you guys want us to discuss, feel free to throw some suggestions in the comments. But how we're going to do this is we are going to bring up a little thing I like to call a wheel of time or a wheel of names. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of different subjects on there that we could potentially talk about. We're going to spin it. We're going to see where it lands, and we're going to do a bit of a discussion for five to ten minutes. We'll see where it takes us. Um, Mucky, before we start spinning, 
Is there anything we need to add in here? Do you have one or two suggestions that can go onto the wheel? This is now your time. We're live, so it's going to be hard for me to veto you. Oh, I've, I've so many ideas, but just like Auckland, it's flooded my brain. Um. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll bring up a live here, a live chat as well. Uh, Stephen saying it's 4 a.m. in America. Wow, you're awake at 4 a.m. in America, uh, Stephen. Uh, do you do night shift or you know? Welcome to the live. Do you have anything you want to add there? Dylan, welcome. Hmm. Not, I don't know not if right you saw now, the video. But... I don't know if you saw the video, Dylan, but um, Auckland is currently getting flooded. So myself and Mucky, we're stranded at home. So we thought, why not jump on and talk a little bit about survivors? That's what we're doing right now. We're just going to talk about general topics. Oh, I, I've got an idea. How about yeah, this general it. topic about fan-made survivor? Fan-made survivor? I don't really follow it so much. So it's going to be it's going to be your it's going to be your wheelhouse. And I know you're working on a fan-made Survivor, so it'll be also your opportunity to maybe promote it a little bit. I do know that Dylan, who's in the live, he does um, a Survivor with Sims as well on Facebook. I've seen a few times, which is pretty cool. Liam saying, so keen for Survivor coming up, eh? The best of the best. Liam, are we talking up. about Australian Survivor? We're talking about Survivor 44. I'm assuming we're talking about Australian Survivor with some yes. returnees coming. His, um, I know his favorite castaway, actually. Um... His Winnipeg right. was spill the beans. Was, his favorite castaway was Brianna. All right, I've spoken to Brianna on this channel. I've actually done an interview with Brianna. She is a friend of the channel, um, so I will let Brianna know, Liam, that she's your favorite castaway, and she's an awesome person as well to talk to. Such a charismatic person. I think we were robbed of a great character that season, and she went home way, way too soon. Oh, absolutely, and you know, I, I, I'm not one to. I, I'm, I'm not a, a love maker, but you know, Liam, he's a really charismatic guy. You know, he, he also goes out way too early, sometimes two in the morning. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. He says he did think that <laughs> yeah. Rihanna was going to get the W. Yeah. <laughs> he's saying way too soon. Clearly an inside joke there. I'm going to spin the wheel. We're going to get into our first topic here. Um, let's segue into this. And Jimmy, I agree. I've watched the first 20 minutes. We we do have it on the wheel. We'll probably talk about it. All right. Well, we're going to start off with the Sandra versus Poverty discussion. You know, um, Twitter's been full of it. Facebook's been full of it. Sandra and Poverty have been beefing. What's your take on this? Are you a Team Sandra or Team Poverty person? Oh, it's, it's really hard because I love both of them as players. However, I'm, I'm Team Sandra. I'm sorry. Um I do think Poverty played a great game, especially in Heroes versus Villains. But unfortunately, her game was so tied to Russell, where she could never separate from Russell. And but Sandra could, you know, she spent pretty much the whole game trying to take out Russell. She couldn't, and and that's why she she won. You know, Survivor's not a physical game; it's not a strategy game. It's a social game, and Sandra outsocialized both Russell and Poverty. So, so yeah. bam. It's hard because, you know, I'm, I'm the same as you. I like them both. It's so hard when you've got to choose between two greats. When you talk about who is the better player of the two, you've got to go with the track record. You've got to go with the person who's won it twice. You've got to say Sandra is the queen. Um, the queen stays queen. But in this case, I kind of feel like Sandra started the beef because she made yeah. a comment about poverty not being that nice outside on the island. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think Sandra just got annoyed because fans are still questioning until today 
why she won over poverty. And I think Sandra has said so many times in the past that fans don't get to her. She doesn't get annoyed by the fans um, maybe saying that she didn't deserve that season. But clearly it does still um, annoy her a little bit. And somebody caught her on the right day or the wrong day, I should say. And um, she chose violence uh, and said that poverty is someone that is not as nice to hang around. uh, And that is when poverty clapped back. So I do think in this situation, poverty probably, it was in her right to defend herself you know what i mean so but i yeah. do like both um i think the bigger question with this is do you think that uh some of this could be for the ratings do you think some of this could be about let's get both sandra and poverty back on a season well i think it's really hard because i think both of them are done with survivor at this point i think um sandra only came to australian survivor to let her daughter nina play um she was not gonna go back out i don't think like by herself or with another US player like a Boston Rob, for example. But I think it was to let Nina play Nina have a shot. But um, so I feel like both of them are done with Survivor, but at the same time, I would love to see both of them come back. Both are really great strategists, really great game players. And something I just want to add about Sandra as well is that when you look at both Pavli and Sandra's games returning after Heroes versus Villains, you know, Sandra came into Game Changers with the number one target and she ran two swapped tribes. Even when she came in winners at war, while she wasn't necessarily in the driver's seat, she was a massive force in getting out like the, the Ambers and the Tysons, you know, and even in swap tribe, she was probably going to be the only old school returning player making the merge if she didn't accidentally idle herself out. Whereas with poverty, she was always on the back foot majority of the time. So Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you on that. I think that um Sandra played, in my opinion. I'll be the first person to admit when Sandra came back for Heroes versus Villains, when she won the first time, you know, I wasn't even fully on board because back then I was a Russell Hands man. You know, I was like, yeah, man, Russell Hands is playing a big game. I like the villains. I like the cutthroatness. So I found it very hard to accept that he lost twice. Now I fully understand why he's lost. And we do have him in this wheel of uh, that we can talk about later on. And we will talk a little bit about Russell and some of the drama that's going on around him currently. But I fully understand why he didn't win his season now in hindsight. But back then I found it very hard to believe that that type of gameplay was the gameplay that got someone to win twice. I was kind of in shock about that. But I think every single time she's come back since then, she's just proven over and over that she is really, she's grown into this role of the queen. She is the queen and she does come back and she does not pull her punches. I mean, I firmly believe that if she survived the round in that winners at war, Tony's ass would have been grass. He would not have won. She was already starting to turn against Tony. She saw the threat. She was going to take him out for a second time. And in a lot lot of ways, she's kind of lucky that, um, or Tony's kind of lucky that she went out and the the knees ended up making a big move there and betraying Sandra. But um, I do want to move on back to the wheel here because we do still have a few things that we can talk about on there. So let's have a look. And the live guys, let us know, are you team Poverty or team Sandra? Is there anything you want us to talk about in regards to that? Let's spin it again and let's see what we will be talking about next here all right well this is your topic Ah, this is the one that i couldn't veto fan-made survivor um tell us what do you want to talk about in regards to fan-made survivor because i've never really watched it why should people who watch survivor get into fan-made survivor and is fan-made survivor something that is easy to get into is it quite accessible well, I think it's definitely very accessible to get into. I think, you know, there's so much out there on YouTube. I recall randomly just popping up on my YouTube feed 
Survivor Brooklyn, you know, Andrea's played in that, Sophie's played in that, Zeke has played in that. I think they're all on the same season as well. Brooklyn season two, I think. And yeah, and I think it's definitely something to be quite well known. You know, we've obviously got three franchises, which one of them is actually made from super fans, you know, Survivor South Africa with LaRue and Nico, you know, they're both massive fans of of Survivor and um yeah, and they've got so, a little bit more of a budget, right, than your average yeah, yeah, fan-made yeah, Survivor. Exactly. Like we normally, when we talk about Survivors of Africa, we say they don't have the budget to do a big production show. But when you're comparing it to fan-made Survivor, I think that um, they definitely, like, they're working with some limited resources, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I guess you know, should um, should there be more of a push? For fan-made survivor you know currently in the us there's a massive push for more super fans being on the show should a bunch of super fans actually just come together and make make their own what do you think chris um listen i think that super fans are going to do what super fans are going to do right um if you're a big fan of the show if you've got the means to do it and you're good with you know production and film and you've got people that that want to take that thing up i think that fans will go out there and start doing it like yourself you're you're considering doing one over here in auckland or somewhere in new zealand uh from my memory it's not a big thing currently in new zealand there isn't many fan-made sort of survivors out there have you actually thought about reaching out to some of the previous players who played in survivor new zealand because i think it would be pretty cool if you could get like uh, lisa or somebody like that to come in and and play yeah, uh, not to check his score or anything, but my boy Liam is uh, live is actually a contestant on it. But um, but basically, it's it's quite hard because a lot of Survivor New Zealanders were actually recruited. Not a lot of them actually applied. The same thing with the show we have at the moment, mm. um, Celebrity Treasure Island. A lot of them are recruited, and so it's um, I would say Lisa is one of the very few super fans who are actually. On the show, I know that Michael, Mike Sparrow, he was a super fan. He's he made his own Survivor in the Kaimais near near Taranga, and that was quite cool. But he's not really keen to just jump onto a random a random project. So yeah, I'd say the hardest part is definitely like the budgeting. That's my biggest problem at the moment. I think what I'm what I'm facing at the moment is going to cost me like twenty to thirty grand for two wow. days. Just for two days of filming. For two days, because this also, I got to keep the production fed. I want to make sure the challenges are exciting. Because I'm a, something about me is that I don't like to, I guess, half ass anything. I want it to be like the real deal, you know, just, just blow yeah. out, make as epic as you can, you know. And if it's somehow, you know, gets real public and really well known and I get money from it, that's epic. Maybe I'll do another one. But otherwise, it's like my one time thing, my one shot. So I want to make sure I do a really good job at it. And unfortunately, good quality stuff it's more expenny so yeah i can so, imagine yeah, yeah well yeah. we'll we'll keep it in mind maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that on the channel at some stage if you want to do a little bit of a pitch for people to get involved and support your your efforts and putting together a show uh here in aterua which is new zealand um i think it would be awesome it's sad to me that New Zealand doesn't have a survivor currently. So, you know, if it has to be done by the fans, then so be it. And and I'm keen to see where that goes. I do want to move on to the next topic here because I do feel like we may lose some people on the fanmate stuff because I'm not too sure how many people are into fanmate survivor, but I'd love to know. So if you're watching this live at a later stage, let us know in the comments if you're into fanmate survivor 
um, and your thoughts on it as uh, overall. Where should people start? Which would be the best fan-made one to go and watch if you want to get into it? Let's go back to the wheel here and spin it to talk about our next topic here as well. I like this, you know, it's kind of we're going to talk about all of it probably at some stage, but let the wheel decide when we talk about what. Let's talk about the edit. Ah. Let's talk about the edit on AU Survivor. Um, I saw a little bit of Twitter content this week. I think it was Matt Tarrant and um, one of the previous other previous players that was sort of talking about Andy. Survivor. Andy. Yep. And yeah. Andy talking about, you know, I think Matt was complaining. Can we have a balanced edit for a change on AU Survivor? And Andy came to the defense of the show saying that the budget, we just spoke about budget for a fan-made show, but the budget is limited, which means there's limited cameras, which means that sometimes the edit may be lopsided. To me, it seems like a little bit of a cop-out. Now, I love Andy, and I know he's going to come to the defense of the show. He's a big Australian Survivor supporter behind the scenes, even though he didn't really get to live up to his own expectations um, when he went out there to play. But in my opinion, it's a bit of a cop-out because I think that if Survivors of Africa can do better when it comes to the edit and they can give a balanced story across the board, there's no real excuses for why AU Survivor can't give us a balanced show. Are you worried about the edit coming into Survivor uh, this season? Do you think that that's something that they're going to continue on with because they just don't seem to listen to the fans? Well, I've got quite a mixed take when it comes to the edit on Australian Survivor. So I've got three different takes on it. So at first I'll start with what we're talking about the film production side of it because I've worked on a lot of short films. I've been on like TV news sets and stuff like that. And definitely the hardest thing is making sure you get coverage of everything. There have been plenty of times where I've gone to the editing room for my own short films. Even some sets where I had all the time in the world that I forgot to get a shot from this angle and this angle, which would have been crucial, you know, like so crucial to the story that was there. But we just forgot to take it it wasn't in the shot list and definitely with survivor it's a 24 7 game so definitely like there's so much going on that you've got to you know be everywhere kind of at the same time plus production uh are out there 24 7 as well must be quite hard and the elements holding like a 50 pound camera because you know you've got the official camera microphones attached to it and like a whole memory log at the back of it so that's obviously quite tough and also yeah. um just a strange survivor it in general while it sucks that a lot of players get purpled i actually do love just how massive their characters get like a david like henry like a george you know like the in your face constantly which can get quite annoying towards the end but there's something a lot more epic about it so when they get blindsided you really feel that like you know you really feel oh my gosh this enormous play just got taken out compared to like when um Shang got blindsided in 41. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, she was right. She was a decent, you know, strategist compared to when um, when David got taken out in Champions vs. Contenders. I was like, OMG, you know? So, yeah, it's definitely quite a a mixed take on it. Like, I would love a more balanced edit, but at the same time, I love the sort of epicness behind Australian Survivor. Yeah. No, listen, yeah. I, I hear you on that. I think that there's a lot that the AU Survivor editing team does extremely well. The whole, I mean, we both watched the first 20 minutes. It's one of the topics we'll talk about, I believe, at some point for this new season. But just that whole um, sort of movie theater sequel kind of feel that they give to it, it really is its own flavor when it comes to that. But I do still think you can do all of that, you know, and every single production team have got the same limitations in regards to scheduling and, you know, having to try and fit things in. 
I do think you can give a more balanced edit. For me, I want to not know because I like a good whodunit. I don't want to know since yeah. from episode two, or episode three, who's going to win the show. And for the last two seasons, I've called it. I've, I called Haley episode three or four, and I called Mark, I believe, episode two or three as well. So um, yeah. I, I'm going to have to be a lot more careful about that and, and not be as... I'd love to be wrong for a change, but I don't want to come on the show and spoil it for everyone by saying, oh, I think that Shawnee is winning it after the first 20 minutes. You know, I don't want to be that bold. Um, but yeah. that would make you very happy if that's the case, right? But um, that or, or to me is something. Steve, for real. Or Sneaky Steve. I just want to say hello to Josh in the live. Um, ah. Josh here saying that he definitely is into um, the fan-made Survivor. It sounds like you know Josh. Yeah, um, Josh and Matthew are my... My two cousins from Mount Monganui. So, uh, yeah, massive shout out to them. Say hello to the Fano over there, Josh. Um, yeah. Matthew Barrett says, Hello, everyone. Welcome to the live as well, Matthew. And then Marcus here saying, Australian Survivor is like a Michael Bay film, epic promos, flashy kind of style. And you know what? I do like a good Michael Bay movie. I'm going to be honest. I know, like, some people are not that into the storytelling of it, but um, it's probably. The most accurate I've I've heard anybody sort of sort of put a like a label on it. I, I would agree with that. A Michael Bay film. Yeah, I, I love a good Michael Bay film. <laughs> Liam says, "Think I got a jump scare from an AU Survivor edit once. Uh, some are pretty flashy. I, I've not noticed that, but you know, sometimes they should they put mucky. Should they put like a warning, like people with epilepsy or anything like that? Be careful when you're watching Australian Survivor. I mean, sometimes Australian Survivor, because because we watched the start of Blood versus Water together. We watched until Browner got burned out. Then then he was out, which you know, fair enough. But but it's like um, there were a couple of moments where like someone would just be talking in confessional, and then it would just dramatic zoom up on a on someone's face. Like you get what I mean? Like someone would be yeah. like, "Oh, I'm not sure if I really trust Chris." And bam, it's right there. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, it's like Luke yeah. when he scared Mark in his season. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he that's jumped right, out of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do another spin here and get on to our next topic here. Um, while we are spinning the wheel here, I just want to bring up Marcus here saying, compared to South Africa, I always get blindsided when I think someone who is getting a good edit, example, Steffi or Nessu blindsided in the last couple of seasons. I agree with you, Marcus. Both. Steffi and Anesu those seasons. Anesu was someone I thought could win her season. And Steffi, I was like, man, Steffi's playing the game of the season. Like she was covered on all angles. And then next, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that still wants to watch it, but that's why that's what makes Survivor South Africa so good. It is really unpredictable, I would say. So I'm a big fan of it. I, I I'm also from South Africa, so maybe I'm biased, but I, I really enjoyed the South African franchise because I'm kind of a purist when it comes to that. All right. AU Survivor tier rankings, oh. right? So we're going to talk about specifically the tier ranking that I did for this season. Do you remember who I had where? Let me have a quick look and bring it up for you, Mucky, because you said you you didn't agree with me. You you wanted to talk about my tier rankings. There was a few you weren't too happy about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was sort of one person in particular um, that I mean, we're yes. chatting about on the phone. <laughs> no, no, no. So, I mean, obviously, Sneaky Steve should always be at the top, in my opinion. But um, it was really about Nina. 
All right. Well, talk talk yeah. to us. Let us know. Um, for those that are unaware and have not seen the tier rankings so far, I'm going to bring it up to the screen here now. Uh, I had four tiers going into this. And what I want to do this season is I want to see if any of these people are going to go lower or higher this season based on their performance. Um, we had a legendary tier with three players up there. Top tier was kind of a bit heavy. Uh, I do admit, after reading some of the comments, I believe Marcus even said so, um, maybe Sam was a little bit high. Uh, on the in, in, in hindsight, and especially when I saw his open 20 minutes, it's like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be Sam from season one all over again. Um, and then mid-tier and then lower tier. So those were the tiers. You have a bit of an issue with Nina, and you believe Nina should be higher. Why, where would you have put her? Honestly, I would swap her with, with Geordie. So so my sort of thing about Geordie is I kind of see him similar to Simon, where you're a massive character, you know, like really flashy, wanting to change the game. But they didn't actually make a move but that makes sense they never actually successfully made a move i, I guess simon did because he actually did take out shannon however um with geordie like you know he tried to take out mark and sam you know and i think if it wasn't for kj's twist they would not have been able to take out sam or, yep. or jordan yep straight up and so i think i think geordie should be a bit lower i i'm kind of hoping that like he's definitely a massive character like i love i love geordie's confessionals however he didn't really actually make like a big impact on the season like the boot order would still kind of be the same i can i can give you that i saw a lot of people in my in my comments were saying sam and geordie is a bit too high so there's a few people that are saying that um and maybe you know, I agree. I even said so in my tier rankings. I think there is flaws to his game. I do think he still got pretty deep. And what I like about him is he's a proactive player. He's not going to go down without a fight. But I understand that maybe strategy-wise, he overplayed his hand a few times. You know, he lost credibility very early on. So when he needed that credibility to make moves and he needed social capital, he kind of burned himself. So uh, I could see that. But, you know, what about Nina makes you think that she should be top tier instead of mid tier at this stage? Because my argument at this stage is, I love Nina, and I was so excited when I saw her play. For those that are in the live, I did a reaction video on that on Twitch, on the Twitch channel for this channel, um, and Twitch isn't actually taken it off yet. So if you want to see the first 20 minutes and you haven't seen it, um, go check out my Twitch channel. It should be in the About section for YouTube as well, where I reacted to it. And I was very happy to see Nina come back to the show uh but i feel like even though she had the potential to be a top tier maybe even legendary player she hasn't been able to do it yet not to her own fault and i don't you know I, i'm not punishing her for that but just based on what we've seen so far i think that putting her at mid-tier when she's someone who went out somewhat early mid-tier to me with simon as well as someone that showed promise but they just didn't fully see that promise you know they didn't deliver on that promise if that makes sense yeah, um, I think I think Nina should be a top tier player, and and here's a few reasons why. I think you know quite similar to to Shani, the edit really showed how socially integrated Nina was in the OG Water Tribe and in the New Blood Tribe as well. You know, she was really well connected to Mark in the beginning and to Josh. You know, they're kind of a three, but also she was at the center of all the alliances. You know, when the Amy vote happened. I'm rewatching Blood vs. Water at the moment with my partner. Um, when the Amy vote happened, Nina was at the center of that. She was ultimately the swing between Amy or, or Jordan. And so I think while she hasn't done like a massive flashy move, because that Andy move, in my opinion, was like a credit to both her and Mark, I do think that 
she has shown that she can really socially integrate herself with every single like potential scenario and group to the point where her name was never mentioned once during the whole season even yeah. in like pro-season conference no one even thinked about targeting her no i hear you i think yeah. i think again like i said i saw all of what you saw i think she's got a lot of potential and i've got no doubt when we re-look at this probably mid-season to see where people have moved if she's still around i don't think she's going to be i mean she's sandra's daughter she's got a legacy to live up yeah. to she's not going to come in there and not play the game so but it's also one of the reasons why i'd be so sad to see nina come back and just get ghosted by the edit if you know Haley and george for instance gets the biggest edit if they do go deep in the game uh, it already looks like a lot of the game's going to revolve around those two but i really hope she does do well and she lives up to that promise i, I don't disagree with you that uh, she's got a lot of promise and a lot that she can potentially deliver on let's go back to the wheel here and look at the next topic for anybody dropping late into the life auckland's flooding and um myself and mucky we were talking on the phone and we thought hey we love to talk survivor off air sometimes why not just do a live talk about it a little bit get the the, the uh, audience involved if anybody jumps on we weren't sure if ever anybody was going to join at this time because i don't really plan to go live tonight but already we've got quite a few people here and already a lot of people that are actually taking part in the conversation which i love so if there's any topic that you don't see on here that you would like for us to add to the wheel and talk about let us know in the comments and we'll add it because um you know it's kind of ad hoc at the moment we're doing whatever <laughs> we're, we're we're going wild with it tonight all right mucky let's spin the wheel and see what we're going to be talking about next all right Ooh. so the next one is which theme would you like to see return to survivor and this could be any theme of any of the shows internationally uh the u.s but if it is an international theme, then you need to explain, because I think there's only like one or two themes from South Africa, because South Africa tends to do their own thing that maybe the US wouldn't know what that is. What theme would yeah. you like to see come back? Honestly, now, this is definitely quite a hot take because the season overall was ranked really low on a lot of people's opinions. But I'd love to see like Ghost Island come back. I loved the concept, you know, like about like idols and advantages that have screwed people over like eric's mutant necklace james's idol you know the legacy advantage i loved i loved all of that i do think towards the end production started like realizing they didn't actually have many more curse advantages like i think the michaela Steeler vote that kellen used on the michael vote to save herself sebastian then got that but the new twist was that kellen misplayed it even though she did actually actually, <laughs> actually play it but um yeah i'd love to see the whole concept come back and I actually think you know i think almost in every season like i could be wrong but i think every season except for the first season of strange survivor and all stars someone's been blindsided with an idol in their pocket mm. no i agree with you i mean yeah. listen i'm a big fan of ghost island so i'm I, like i would actually like to know if anybody in the live would let, like to let us know or anybody in the comment section after this live would like to let us know why do people hate ghost island like i just don't get it like i thought that yeah. the concept and the idea of ghost island is such an interesting one i would 
kind of twisted a little bit if we brought ghost island back and i would have returnees play in a ghost island theme season where they come head to head with their mistakes of the past for instance can you imagine if simon me was on ghost island and he came back and his glass case of his two idols was there you know um and now yeah. he needs to like try and right the wrongs of not playing it the first time or you know if in the the u.s Drea comes back and her five or six advantages is there. And now she's got to try and see if she can at least play one out of the six in the next season that she plays. I do quite like the idea. And I also like the idea of maybe we could put like a amenity island twist on it from South Africa where before you get the advantage, you have to do a challenge. However, yeah. the advantage is the advantage that screwed you over. So someone could come back with two idols or maybe just one of those two idols. Yeah, yeah, you know, Drea, she could come back with all five advantages or just one of those five advantages and she gets to choose yeah, which one maybe. Yeah, that might be quite a cool concept, you know? Like, if you go to Ghost Island, it's only the advantages that screwed you over. It's not any other random advantage. It's just the ones that screwed you over. Yeah, or I wouldn't mind if it is not an advantage that screwed you over, but someone else gets you out with the advantage you didn't play correctly the first time so oh, the advantage screws yeah. you twice <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool, i think yeah. that would be hilarious to watch if something like yeah, that definitely. happened marcus says that it was a boring cast apart from dom and wendell it was like watching pain dry and binged it it was still boring except the finale i get that but i think that's what we where we as fans need to start differentiating when we talk about it, because I've heard similar to you that Ghost Island wasn't good, and then I think oh, it's the concept. But a concept of Ghost Island is good. It's just it didn't deliver with the cast that they had, and I also think that you know some of these people probably didn't even know about the history of the show. You know, like that's why you need yeah. people who've played the game before, who are big fans of the show, who actually know what they're sitting on when they get um, the stick idol. You know, like they actually yeah. understand where that's from and what 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 it means in the survivor mythos as well. Um, now, I didn't talk about my theme that I'd like to see come back. Uh, for me, I think a lot of people would want Second Chances to come back. Second Chances is, is great. It was a great season. The cast of Second Chances made it a great season. And also the fact that you could vote slightly in that and have players come back that you would like to see, even though production kind of controlled it a little bit if they did do a second chance season in the future i'd like for them to widen that net a little bit give us time to nominate who we would like to go into a pool to vote for so that it's truly a fan's choice of who they want to see come back for that season i don't know if production would ever let that amount of control go i kind of feel like they probably wouldn't but what i would say is that for me um instead of second chances that season just happened now in South Africa, but I'd like to see it in the US. I would like to see a Return of the Outcasts post-mergers versus pre-mergers season. I think with 40 seasons of Survivor US, there are some great pre-mergers that could come back against post-mergers, and that could be second-chance people that come into that post-merge. And I think it would make for an entertaining show. I mean, um, I'd love to have uh, some of the great big characters back. And if you guys want to know who I would like to see, I actually did a collaboration with Russell Muscle TV on YouTube where I chose the pre-merger tribe for that season and he chose the post-merger tribe for it as well. So go check out Russell Muscle TV on YouTube. I've got a link to his channel in the bottom uh, of this channel as well uh, under other awesome channels and people that I collaborate with. So go check that out for a little bit more information. But without further ado, let's get into the next topic here that we're going to talk about, Mucky. All right. 
starting to come down on the ideas now. Now we're going from one theme to another theme one here. (laughs) We spoke about themes. We spoke about themes that we would like to see come back. Do you have any themes in mind that you would love for Jeff Probst to take on board and do? And is it the obvious? Is it the global showpiece? Is that, I think that's the one everybody is shouting for, but outside maybe, you know, we'll talk about the global showpiece because I think everybody would want that um, and and why it would be such a great one. And then we'll talk about new themes, ideas outside of that because I feel like that would be number one for both of us. I'm assuming yeah. that we both want to see uh, a US versus Australia versus South Africa season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was on, on the top of my head, but I also do have another cheeky idea. But yeah, let's talk about, you know, Survivor Global, Survivor Worlds Collide for that, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Why would you like to see a global event? Why should um, people care? Like, if there's fans that are watching this channel that only follow the US show and they haven't seen International Survivor, why should they care about a global showpiece? I mean, honestly, it's like you know, it's like um, it's like rugby, it's like sports, you know, like like with a lot of players. Yeah, like... but the US don't understand that. They create their own oh, yeah, sports true, true, and then they, 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 play, they play like world championships on their own, win world championships on their own. I don't know if they want to have the South Africans and the Australians go over there and play against them. Well, I, I guess if we're going to talk about, you know, like Amer- American football, right? Now, yeah. I've never seen American football. So anything I say, if it's wrong, um, tough luck. I don't care. But, <laughs> but anyways, it's like um, you have like the Super Bowl, Right, which I assume is like all the states, like the best players in the, all the different states coming together, right? But obviously, within those states, you would have smaller, different teams that probably play up against each other a lot, right? Same thing with kind of like rugby in New Zealand. You know, we've got five, we've got five teams in New Zealand, but we have a pool of everyone which competes for the All Blacks for international, right? So how I kind of see it is like you know, we can pride ourselves and be like, oh, you know. Dan Carter's the best, Richard McCall's the best, but how would they do against some of the South African teams? You know, like um, Scott Scott Pollard, you know, South African, you know, fly half. He's a really great fly half, you know. Is he better than Dan Carter? We would never know unless they they played against each other, right? So I think um, with some of the quote-unquote the best players from each franchise, yeah, they're really good in that franchise, but how would they do against, like, can they adapt? on their level yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah would 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 you think that gabler could survive for 47 days do you think he would be <laughs> able to uh still be undercover and get at the end of the game come out or do you think that that game even suits him more because he likes to lay back a little bit uh how, do, what do you think do you think a lot of these u.s new school players would struggle in the australian format of the game oh absolutely you know and, and every single new new year season they're like oh this is the hardest season out there like mate you're only out there for like three weeks you know, Australian Survivor's out there for like three months, like you know. <laughs> yeah, very different yeah. shows, but I, I do think obviously yeah. with Australian Survivor, uh, there's more opportunity to get food. Uh, Jeff, for some other reason, thinks it's good TV to starve people out there and not give them any food, and then they don't have energy um, to even do anything on the camera. I, I don't know why you would want to do that, but for me, the reason I'd like to see a global show piece is exactly what you said. You know, South Africa's got uh, its own Rob. It's got its own um, chappies who people wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, Australia's got Luke. You know, there's so many good players. I'm probably not even doing it justice, but there's legends of the show everywhere. And I think to see these absolute juggernauts go up against each other um, and to you also see, because I had Luke Toki, who is by a lot of, a lot of people think he's the 
the best or the most favorite player to ever play Australian Survivor, the biggest character. I mean, he was the person who got the most votes even on the Hall of Fame when we did that here on the channel uh, for the International Hall of Fame. And even when I spoke to him a couple of months ago on this channel, for people who want to go check that out, he said it would be interesting to see if people would go against their country. Like if they were Australia, South Africa, and the US going up against each other in tribes, but they then start swapping tribes or they start merging, who would be the first person to pull the trigger? And, you know, Luke spoke about the fact if he was to betray the Australian side and side with South Africa or the US, would he remain the people's champion in Australia? Or would he become the person that everybody in Australia hates the most because he turned his back on his own country? Those are interesting themes and an interesting social experiment that we can still see play out on our screen so um, i'm a big fan of that I, I think that both of us want that to come up and that's probably the biggest theme that we want to see but let's talk a little bit about a theme maybe that doesn't get as much love but in your mind it's one that you'd love to see mucky what theme would you like to see and why well it's it's kind of like a it's more of a twist i guess when i really think about it right but you can definitely incorporate it to a theme but rock island right now now hear me out on this right hear me out on this right so imagine, right, you're, you're on the bottom, right? Let's say you're Geordie, right? You're on the bottom, right? You know, everyone's against you. It's just you and your own. But then you get sent to this island, right, where I guess maybe you could sort of put like a mental island twist where there's some kind of challenge. But the advantage there is an automatic rock draw. Okay. You, you know, like you're, let's say you're, how does you're he, Geordie. How, how, how do you get sent there? Is it because of the fact you got voted out or how, how do you get sent to maybe, Rock Island? Maybe like quite similar to, you know, Immunity Island or, or Ghost Island where other people may have to, to vote for you. Or maybe in some cases, like Island of the Idols, just by sitting out of a challenge, you'll automatically get sent there. So that way it gives, you know, like, or winning individual immunity, you get to choose someone to go there, like they did in Island yeah. of Secrets. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. however, it's not just that, you know, everyone else who's not immune has to draw rocks. It's that, you know, on specific days, it can be, okay, only two people, like only only six people, like small faction, like the whole whole tribe. It so, can, no, like, I'm, I'm confused different. now, yeah. right? You send one person to Rock Island. How do we get to everybody yeah. drawing rocks right now? Like, explain yeah. this to so, me. So, 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 the advantage on Rock Island is a rock draw. Right? All right, it's an automatic rock draw, and this and this twist advantage is meant to help those people, especially like in the early stages. You know, sometimes you get people who are just unanimously voted out for no reason. You know, like there's nothing they can actually do. So the whole theme of the whole season is going to be someone's going to get sent to Rock Island to be able to enact a rock draw automatically. How many rock yeah. draws are we going to get this season? Oh, it would be it be so chaotic. It would be so much fun. You know, especially if you add different nah, parts of the rock draw you know nah, listen listen mucky uh, i'm sorry mate like you should never come up with theme ideas for a survivor season you lost me you probably lost everybody here in the live as well um like rock draws the whole thing about rock draws and what makes it fun is that it's unexpected and you don't think that people will go there and it's only happened a handful of times if you make a whole yeah. season of rock draws I mean, I just It'll don't see so it great. commercially no nah, commercially it's it's a, it's a terrible idea um let's move on to a better idea I think personally, a season that I would like to see uh, on the show would be a season of rivals. I think there's some great rivals that have come up over the last couple of years, especially over in the US. Maybe we're still working on rivals over in Aussie, but 
definitely there's enough great players that can go head to head. And I actually made a video of that as well. So please go check that out here on the channel in regards to a rival season based on the Sandra and Poverty beef. And I think that all of those people that I sort of nominated there, there are some really old school beefs that I'd love to see play out. Like I, I still don't feel closure not seeing Boston Rob and Lex go head to head. You know, yeah, I definitely. do think there's some some great some great rivalries that could be brought back into the game. But let's move on to the next topic here. All right, so only a few more topics here left on the board, and I think this might be the Australian Survivor uh, Heroes versus Villains opening twenty minutes. What did you think of the opening twenty minutes? I loved it. It was so awesome. It was um, it was everything I I, I wanted it to be. You know, it's epic. It looks beautiful as well. Um, and I, I love the hype behind it between some of the heroes talking about how heroic they are, you know, some of the villains talking about how villainous they are, like the parts of the challenge that we saw. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, Tom, Tom just dropped into the live <laughs> at the worst time. Um, and said, I just jumped into the video when Mucky was explaining his rock draw idea. And I think I fried my brain. Listen, um, Tom, it's going to be a long season of me trying to keep uh, Mucky on, on target here on the podcast, because I don't know where he was going there. His luck with rock draws, <laughs> you know, it's, it, he's on oh his own God. on that one. But it's funny because, you know, earlier today, Mucky said to me that Tom was like the one fan that's got his back because Tom is also a big fan of the oh, Sneaky yeah. Steve. But I think you lost him there, Mucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I gained a fan and I lost it, like, within a span of 24 hours. So it's hard for <laughs> <laughs> Mucky, talking about yeah. Sneaky Steve, there was no Sneaky Steve content in the first 20 minutes. Actually, so yes, there was. Well, so, okay, you maybe know, was... you, you did the Sneaky Steve watch, so tell me, what did he yeah, do? Exactly. Uh, okay, do you want to know how sneaky he was? At one point, his face He was hiding turned. from the cameras? <laughs> at one point, his face turned and looked straight at the cameras, but then it quickly moved on. When George and Haley are staring at each other, you can see his shoulder. That's how sneaky he is. You, you know, like, he, he lives... He lives small clues behind mm. you know like his arm like part of his shirt the back of his head you know but you just yeah. got to really carefully look is he going to be is he going to be the danny boat ride of this season where he's going to go through the whole game and nobody's going to understand what he's doing and what his game plan is he's going to hide it from the producers and at the end he's going to claim he had this elaborate plan to get there everyone probably thinks stevie's <laughs> stevie is a producer and that's how he's going to get to the end and win you know yeah Pe people won't even acknowledge he's a player they'll be like oh he's just one of the producers just yeah. vibing yeah yeah listen opening 20 minutes for australian heroes versus villains um a great start for me to the season obviously they were going to spend a lot of time just they weren't going to give us too much they just gave us the intros so that's kind of out of the way we now know who the big players are that are coming back this season they gave some confessionals to Haley. they gave confessionals to george there was a bit of conversation happening with sam sean Jordy. And a few of the new players as well, the real estate agent Guy Fraser, who I said, I think if he played any other season, he would have been the character of the season. I think he's either going to flame out very early on or he's going to go deep as a newbie. But I was excited to see that. We had the, uh, I forgot her name now, but the lady from CNN who was there. Um, so some oh, great yeah. content. Anjali, yeah. Anjali. Uh, some great content overall. The one thing that stood out to me is that, you know, if George had a big target coming into this game, 
His target couldn't have grown any bigger by JLP, like pointing out, hey, mate, you're like the biggest villain in the history of the show and you're back here to play the game. How do you feel about that? And you just saw all the newbies turn their head to look at this guy, George. And it's like, because none of them have watched his season. None of them are fans of the show. So they're all just hearing from JLP that, you know, he's this big character. So uh, is JLP on the payroll to try and get George out early on? What's going on here, Maki? I mean, I don't know. I I feel like we were back and forth. I feel like, you know, he's going to drop a comment and George is going to extend it, you know, because straight after that, he's like, oh, yeah, and I have the idol tattoo to my chest, you know? Like, it's like, it's like, are you are yeah. you a yay or nay on the idol tattoo? Do you reckon it's a, it's, a, it's a good move there by George to get the idol tattooed on his chest? I think it's a great move. However, just don't <laughs> say it, you know. What you got to do is you've got to wait till the contestants are really tired, really hungry, and be like, hey, Start you don't want to vote for me. Shirt I've, like, a, um... I've got an idol, yeah. yeah Start unbutting your shirt like Jack Burger. It, it, exactly yeah because you know once uh because once players are tight enough they won't understand what's real and what's not so if you're like hey i've got this idol around my neck once they're tired enough they're like oh my gosh that is an idol you know it's genius that that fair but listen he exposed it yeah he exposed it Overall, overall, I think we're in for a big season. I, I do still think the newbies are in for a slaughtering this season, but I did like the opening 20 minutes. I like the little bit of physicality that we saw on those opening exchanges. Obviously, George saying, hey, if we all just don't make contact with each other, yeah, we can yeah. get this done so much more efficiently, you know, yeah, yeah, the brain so side of it. Yeah. It yeah, wouldn't be George I, if he didn't do that. But the one thing that stood out to me the most and got me fist pumping, Mucky, was seeing Simon steal food from the yeah, other yeah. tribe. I was like, yes, Simon. That was yes. so funny. That was so funny. And just watching Sam be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> oh, so I loved funny. it. This yeah. is why Simon's back. This is why Simon's back because he's going to give you TV. He's going to be a good character. He's going to lean into that villain side. And I'm excited to see what he brings. He didn't really get much time to do anything on the confessional side on that opening 20 minutes. But I'm sure that Sam, who's the good old boy, who uh, wants fair play, mateship, and justice to prevail, will talk to his tribe about the fact that um, Simon stole all the food from him there in the opening exchanges, but he used his brains in doing so. The brawny guy used his brains. Um, Josh Barrett here says, George, the challenge beast. That's right. George said he's been training Mucky, um, and he's going to come in, and he's going to be a challenge beast this season. He might be the Philip of the season for Survivors of Africa, who came back suddenly became a challenge beast do you think that there's going to be a running theme of george winning some physical physical challenges this season he's going to win every challenge like sean who you know <laughs> sean who. Like it's, got, it's got to be george yeah just just one real quick thing about simon Go as for well it. i saw on the australian survive page on facebook they're sort of uploading random people like people's games and stuff like just quick recap and there was one moment i completely forgot this happened but it was like the tossing challenge, they're throwing balls into the hoop. And I think yeah. Andrew goes through a ball. He just knocks that out of his hand. <laughs> He's like, nah. <laughs> All right. so funny. we're here on the next one and this one i'm almost afraid to ask because i feel like mucky only has hot takes when he's on the channel but uh mucky you know dare i ask your hottest take on survivor what what do you think is something that you believe is a hot take uh compared to what other people think um oh gosh this is a bit of a, a juicy one ain't it um <laughs> <laughs> Hottest take on Survivor. I guess my you hottest think very deep. This is the this is the most I've had you. Normally you just you know fire from the hip, and you're actually thinking about this one. 
Um, I guess the hottest take. I mean, it's probably not a hot take because I feel like some fans are maybe starting to lean towards it. But I know that a lot of fans still still love it. I think US Survivor is is, is not it's not good anymore. I, I think right. um, that's I think, a loaded one. That's a loaded one. Why don't you think? Let me know. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a lot a lot of things on US Survivor that's changed over the years. Um, sort of briefly, what, what's the summary and feel about why you don't think that US Survivor is as good? And especially for those people who may not understand what we get from the international scene because they don't watch Aussie Survivor and they don't watch Survivor South Africa. I think that, um, obviously, Winners at War, fantastic season. You know, I personally loved Edge of Extinction, but I'm saying why, you know, some people don't... That's really a like hot it. take. We could have left yeah. it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the last good season we had... Oh, uh, well, not not we. The last good season that America had was actually Millennials versus Gen X, mm. and that came out what like twenty sixteen. So you weren't yeah. a David versus Goliath fan? Ah, oh, I I completely forgot the season. Of I feel like that. David versus okay. Goliath was the last, in my mind, the last yeah. really good newbie season that i just yeah. really enjoyed from the beginning. I mean, I did actually. This is a hot take as well. I actually really enjoyed. Um, parts of 42 and I, I i actually really enjoyed 43 even though so much i actually think that 42 and 43 it's starting to go in the right traject trajectory again um the only problem for me is that there's a lot of things around shorter season 26 days we're just starving people for the sake of starving people which makes them lethargic which makes them not as entertaining on tv um I do think that they're curbing a little bit of their advantages and they're trying some creative, interesting things with it. Um, I actually think that Australian Survivor with their advantages do a worse job compared to the US Survivor currently because they just throw so much at the game to try and break it because they feel like every single tribal council has to have an advantage played. And I think that's too yeah. much compared to the US. So so I, I would defend the US Survivor personally. I, I I've gone back and forth on the US Survivor, but at this stage, I don't think the US Survivor is the worst because even the edit is more balanced compared to like an Aussie Survivor. In my mind, Aussie Survivor might be that, you know? And 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 it, it hurts me to say that because at one point, up until Champions versus Contenders 2, I thought Aussie Survivor was the best franchise out there. I thought it was the best show. And then it's kind of gone in a different direction for me with the way that it's edited, the way that they're throwing so many advantages in the game. But, I mean, it's an interesting topic. And, and here's the thing, for those that are listening in the live and for those that are listening um, at home at a later stage, uh, and also for those that are listening in the audio podcast, we made the top 200 for the first time in Apple Podcasts, which is really cool for the audio version of the podcast. Thank you to all the audio listeners um, of the show for getting us in the top 200. Um, but, you know, I think that I've completely lost my train of thought here. All of us have got different takes. All of us have got different opinions. And I think that just having Survivor as a whole is great. And the reason that we criticize is because we're passionate. Um, I think it comes from a place of passion and a place of wanting to see Survivor succeed. Uh, I'm glad we've got all three English versions of the show. And, and it's hard when you've got a tier rank and you say, this is my favorite, this is my mid, and this is my lowest. Somebody's going to be at the top and someone's going to be at the bottom. But I do think some of the criticism that is coming to the US way maybe is unjust because I feel like the US is trying their best to go in the right direction with the show. Yeah. And I, I sort of feel like, I think the reason why as well is, there's no alliances anymore. It's groups, you know, or, you know, fighting blocks. And that's the 26 days. That's the 26 yeah. days. When people say, why don't you like the 26 days? That's why I don't like the 26 days because it doesn't give enough time 
for people to form legitimate relationships on their tribes before they get to emerge. So it's like they're almost with the merge tribe longer than what they are with their tribes prior to the merge. And it's kind of out of whack. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we see that. But I agree with you. I used to love seeing alliances. I used to love seeing like a Stephen Fishback and a JT go to the end type of thing or a doll. Yeah. I know, you know, sorry, Marcus, but Dom and Wendell going to the end. I like that type of alliances and things like that, you know, like just seeing the, the black widow, alliance come together and work together and dominate for instance or um cops are us you know but i feel like you're right it's harder to see those really deep connections and bonds being formed and it just feels like people aren't as authentic with each other yeah and and plus there's a whole big thing on you know if an alliance breaks then um it's it's like you get the feeling like wow oh my gosh like this unstoppable alliance of you know matt shane sean steve and terms of his contenders finally lost they've been in control the entire game so you really feel that wow sort of moment of everyone on the bottom finally coming together but in this day and age you don't get that anymore i'd, I'd even say even in island of the idols you know when is that war edge of extinction as well it's like it wasn't one big alliance it was okay you have a three you have a two okay so this three will go with this two for one vote then they'll flip to the next one like do you kind of get what i mean so i feel like yeah. there's no more of that excitement when the blind side happens it's more oh just another massive player went but but yeah. nothing really changes in the game yeah 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 it reminds me of you know and, and i know there's people who love it but survivor in the u.s is getting closer to sequester than survivor and i'm not a big fan of sequester for that very reason that everything is just so quick and there's no real relationship building or that human side to it is just like game bodiness. That's the thing. It's becoming very game body in my mind. Yeah. Um, where we still get more characters. So I get what you're saying. Marcus here says that the diverse casting in the US Survivor has improved since it was implemented from 41, but the twists are getting worse, but nowhere near as AU Survivor non-eliminations. Oh. And there's a few things I want to I want to tap into on this comment. Great comment, Marcus. Firstly, I want to start with the diversity in cast because when people hear people like you and I criticize where US Survivor is going, then some people take it there and they're like, oh, you guys just don't like that there's a diverse cast now and you know more diversity in the show. And it's got nothing to do with it. It's just the two things happen to coincide at the same time. They've changed drastically the way that the game currently plays and, and the direction that they want to take the show in as they've brought a more diverse cast into the show. The one thing I will still, though, criticize you as survivor in this even though they've brought an outward diversity and in cast into the show i don't think that they sometimes bring a mentally diverse cast into the show and they get people all thinking and acting in the same way which also makes for a, a boring season so i feel like it should go deeper than just the outside physical appearance of someone but it should also be the diversity and their mentality and all walks of life which is what got us excited to see rudy and Richard Hatch form a relationship and become friends, lifelong friends in Survivor Season 1. Like, even back then, we got to see that type of relationship um, created, you know. And, and I want to see that type of stuff more so. But it's become so one-sided now that, no, we can not We can only have everybody think and act exactly the same. So that's my one um, issue still with when it comes to diversity of cast of Survivor US currently. Um, and then the other part of this was, um, you know, I do agree with Marcus about survivor au's non-eliminations and and twists i feel like sometimes that, that's just unnecessary but i get it as production timing and stuff like that i'm never gonna like edge of extinction i'm never gonna like a twist that brings you back in the game i i i realize i should have probably said this but i actually do like 
a lot of the non-elimination twists in Australian Survivor. <laughs> but I, I guess we can talk about that <laughs> when that happened in Heroes vs. Villains. So. Well, well, we'll talk yeah. about that on a different... I feel like we'll have to have a different podcast because we've been on this hot take thing for a long time. We might yeah. do a full podcast just on hot takes. But, you know, that's why I brought you here, Mucky, because at the end of the day, there are people who agree with you. There are people who love the non-eliminations and there are people who... Who, like that's the beauty of survivor it's okay to have a different opinion it is okay yeah. not to agree with me and it's okay not to agree with mucky mucky and i don't even agree on everything like i don't even know why i allow him on the podcast to say stuff like he likes this <laughs> non-elimination twist in the show all right what's, um, um what's, what's your hot take oh yeah i didn't do a hot take uh i feel like we went into quite a few hot takes there already um i feel like I'm trying to think what, what what would be a real good juicy hot take that's different to what everybody out there thinks about currently about show and about the players and things like that. Um, and I can't, I can't off the top of my head think of anything. I, I think my hot take would be that if we see another survivor's second chances, it's not going to live up to the hype of the first one. And that's why I'm not I'm not excited about seeing a survivor second chances at this stage because if you look at even fans versus favorites, the second one for me did not live up to the first one. And sometimes this lightning in a bottle doesn't strike twice. And that's probably the reason why they haven't done heroes versus villains as well over in the US because the first one was just perfection. And it's the reason that a lot of people still voted as um, the best season ever. Uh, I just think that you bring that back unless you've got the right cast. I'm just less interested in it. Um, and especially if it's going to be more so focused on post season 40, I'd rather see other interesting themes rather than second chances at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually did quite like Karen but only the three, three amigos. I think stuff that they were able to do together was just incredible, especially because that was the first time. Oh, that was a fun alliance. Yeah. Again, they could be on a ride or die season. You could bring you could bring some of them Absolutely. back on a ride or die season, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Any reason for Malcolm to come back, we have to take it. Or the other two, the other two that have yeah. not been back. Like, I mean, just let, but I, I do like Malcolm. I, I I actually nominated Malcolm as one of the people I'd like to see in a global showpiece. Um, when myself yeah. and Shannon Gus spoke about it, Marcus here says his hot take is that Edge of Extinction as a season is actually fun to rewatch on a binge, especially the messy dynamics of the less Manu tribe. I love chaotic seasons like Panama and Gabon. Hey, I, actually, you know, now that I, like I've made peace with the fact that people can win coming back into the game, I still don't like it. And I think that's what really put me off from the season. There's still some great characters in that season. So I do agree with you. And I'm also a big fan of both Panama and Gabon as well. I, I, I like the messiness as well. So I'm not, I, I think that we're probably in the um, minority when it comes to that. I know Mucky would have loved Edge of Extinction because he loves people getting back into the game. But, you know, <laughs> um, I, I do think that outside of us three, maybe some no, not so many people will agree with it. All right, let's go back to the wheel here. We've got a few items still on here that we want to talk about. All right, this is a, a get to this is a get to know you one. Mucky, oh. why do you watch Survivor? Why do you still watch Survivor after you know what nearly 60 seasons globally um why are you still sticking to it and talking to me on a friday evening at uh 10 past 11 well, <laughs> I mean, in what else am i gonna do go for a swim <laughs> <laughs> i, th I, I, I thought i thought you were gonna do what tina did you know and just jump into the river 
um, or the the flood and go and um, you know get some get some I don't know pots or cutlery. Actually, <laughs> you know, um, way back like end of 2018, start of 2019, um, Liam actually he was on earlier, but we did a, a prefect camp, right? Where it's like all well, these school leaders do this thing. And at one point, we're doing this track through the bush and stuff, and there was a heavy rainstorm, and the water was raised quite high, and it was actually like somewhat dangerous to to go in. And we're all sort of having lunch, and and I get bored quite easily, as you can probably tell with my high energy. So I just went for a swim, because because why not? You know, like I think the water was like up to there. Survivor training, as you do. <laughs> yeah, survivor <laughs> training, especially Australian survivor, just don't drown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's quite interesting story with me because I never thought I'd actually get too deep into Survivor because I actually only started watching it because when I first moved up to Auckland, you know, I had no family up here, had no friends. So it was just my father, stepmother, and my younger sister. But my nana watched the show and she's someone who I'm really close with. So I actually started watching it. So then we would always have something to talk about. And then from 2017 onwards, boom, I was hooked like a snap on a line i don't know but, but yeah so i don't know like it's just something that's just never got in the way you, you know it's like a weird thing it's like a it's like a healthy obsession you know it's like i always can't wait for the next podcast to come out about it i can't wait to talk to people about it you know can't wait to i just can't wait to watch it like it's fun it's entertaining and now and, you get to talk about yeah. it you know you know now you i, I know I get to you actually get to talk about it <laughs> yeah i know this this is so crazy yeah and i know i've Rang up many times, going, "Oh, I'm so, th- so thanks for thankful for this opportunity and stuff." Because yeah, I know that you know um, to give a shout out. I know that Josh, Matt, and Liam are sick to death of hearing me talk about it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, that, 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 they've messaged me separately and also said, "Hey, just thanks for taking Mucky off our hands." Like he's been yeah, so annoying exactly, the last exactly. couple of years. Like you know, you can you can deal with him now. You and your audience can listen to him ramble on about you know Rock Island, which nobody cares about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um no no that's awesome that's an awesome yeah. story so you got into it due to family and and for me personally what got me into survivors i've always been fascinated by human psychology and i've always loved mm. um getting to understand what makes different people tick and and that's why i said earlier i think that survivor currently in the u.s sometimes lack uh diversity in thought and a diversity in personality where you know that's why i love like the rocks roys of this world um or some of these characters because i'm like how would i deal with that person if i was on the island like how would i manage them and how would i get them to do what i want them to do um for us to get deeper in the game or for myself to get deeper in the game that type of the human psychology behind it is the thing that has always attracted me to it i mean uh, i've got a background in um, coaching sport and recreation is what i studied i then went into business management sales training um and don't tell um cody about the sales side of things just in case i ever do get on a season with him but you know i ended up going down that direction where i had to manage and train people and coach them and watching survivor i feel like from a very young age has kind of morphed me into the person i am today and has taught me how to deal with difficult personalities and that's the thing that still gets me coming back to survivor season in and season out is i love to see the variety in personalities um and and how people who ultimately need to betray each other have to work together to get to the end um and then at the end you there's can only be one you know like highlander <laughs> that wins yeah, the yeah. show so i feel like you know the concept of the show is still brilliant but that's what really got me uh, into watching the show 
All right, let's go here and look at our next topic. We have got four topics left that we will, you know, we are dedicated to uh, talk about all of that before the end of this live. The next one is Arrivals Season. Have you Ooh. got to cast a rival season, Maki? We spoke about this a little bit earlier on, um, but who would be a rival's pair that is a must-have on a rival season? Who would you cast as rivals on such a season? We already spoke a little bit about Boston Rob and Lex. We've already spoken a little bit about Poverty and Sandra. Um, so let's not go down that direction, but who else would you love to see there? I would definitely love to see Dom and Chris come back. You know, I feel like another massive rival but also one, I'd love to see Tony and Cass come back. You know, I know that the main the main rival thing was Cass and Spencer. Yeah, Cass I was going to say. But Cass has been taking a lot of shots at Tony. You know, I've seen it. But what, like what's so the what's the benefit to Tony to come back? Tony's got nothing to prove. So he's just jealous. Like, well, what's the yeah, benefit? Yeah, true. There's no benefit. That is true. Well, I, I feel mean, like Cass, Cass and Wu because she's also been taking shots at Wu. So I'd rather see That's Cass what, and Wu come I, back. I saw that, yeah. I, I, I feel like Cass may be, you know, on the Russell train a bit, where it's like, you know what? I'm starting to become a bit irrelevant. So let me just create some a drama. Topic. Yeah, exactly. Because what is it? She said Wu stole Trisha's meds or something like that. And yeah, she calls him a cheater. And I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch and, of drama. I sometimes tune yeah. out with some of it, especially around Cass. Because I know a lot of people like Cass. I've never been a fan. I, I just. Like I would play with her and I'd kind of work around her, but I've just met people like Cass in real life, and it's just not the type of people I would surround myself with, personally. Yeah. You know, so so I, I tend to be on. Well, I'm a big Tony fan in any case, so I'm maybe biased, but I tend to be on Tony and Wu's um, side here. I think she's a bit better, you know, and like yeah. you said, she's becoming irrelevant. So, but I mean, would I like to see her on my TV screen again? Hell yeah! Like, bring her in with Wu. Yeah. Bring her in with Spencer. If Spencer would play the game again, I'm not too sure if he would actually come back and play the game again. He's, he's changed his name, I think, now. I believe so. At one point, he was saying he'd never come back to play the game again. So I don't know if he's changed his mind about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> change your name, change your mind, you know, like who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I will bring in one that I think I didn't put in my rival season, but like I said, I did do a rival season and. Um, Go check that out for some of the others that I would like to see. But let's do a shout out for one that I didn't put in there. I would like to see Dreams and Yao Man back on our screens. Ooh. I think that would be a really good one as well. Uh, I'd love to see Dreams. I heard his podcast recently on Arhap. Um, I've also listened to his interview that he did with Johnny Fairplay um, on his show. And I do think that, you know, a lot of people were not that big of a fan of Dreams when he betrayed Yao Man and, and, and kept the car and booted Yao Man when he was supposed to give an immunity away. But I always used to love Dreams and I thought he was playing the best game he could under the circumstances. He knew that they were coming for him. He couldn't have given it up. He was there to win the money. Did he make the right decision in taking the car and then lying? No, but also did he come into that season at a very... Uh, like a way bigger disadvantage than anyone else because he was homeless hell yes like a car could have made a huge difference in his life at that time so i kind of feel it was a bit unfair to put him in that circumstance or that situation to begin with um but i would love to see how yaman and uh, dreams would play a season together and plus yaman is one of the best characters i don't know if he's too old maybe to come back now but those would be two players that i think would be pretty interesting and exciting to see back on our screens monkey i mean if shane gould can can come back and play Survivor twice. You know, young man can come back and play a third time. <laughs> yeah, I'm there for it. All right, we're going to go to the next one here. We've got three more items here on the board. Um, 
All right, so the next oh, one will be gosh. your favorite three players of all time, and you have to choose three. Uh, you can't oh, go over that. No special shout outs. You're gonna, you're gonna, um, you're gonna, you're gonna be oh, getting some some messages in your DMs from previous yeah. Survivor players. Is gonna be very upset about you not mentioning them here. I know. Oh gosh, you know, my biases tell me one thing, but my heart's telling me another. Oh, this is <laughs> this is painful. But um... All right, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's be fair. Favorite three players from an international franchise, and favorite three players from a u.s franchise oh yeah, that sounds good um luke david chappies international straight up you know i think um i like i love i love luke and everything you know that i mean I, I i don't need to explain luke you know lucas luke you know david like ever since you know champions first contenders Obviously, this when we first saw him. I've always always just loved him. You know, some people really you know criticize him in terms of his contenders, but he's always out there wanting to play a big game. You, you know, he came back on um the Challenge Apprentice, I think shortly after All Stars, which is a non-strategy show, by the way. Like, there is no strategy, but he tried to make it a strategy mm. game. You know, and yes, it was you know I guess kind of spoiler. He was taken up really early in that, but still, he made it like so much more fun by trying to try and make it quite villainous you know so yeah i yeah. love david for that and chappies i mean chappies is chappies you know like munti island would not have who been can, who can't love season. yeah yeah ex exactly chappies diner one of my favorite moments of all time and when anella like put up the fake clues and chappies was the one to find them so funny yeah so, yeah. yeah listen so i'll go into the international ones as well you kind of mentioned a lot of the names that i already absolutely love and it's so hard because i've also now become friends with some of these people outside of the games and, and i've spoken to them and things like that but you know my bias is going to show definitely i mean lucas a legend um love the guy to death uh, i've spoken to him more than once now he's been on this podcast spoken to us um who knows maybe when i go over to perth go live there i can actually meet him in person and do an in-person interview or chat with him about survivor that would be like top three dream thing for me to happen yeah. um so yeah luke very very much you know appreciate him chappies chappies is the luke of survivors of africa um both of yeah. them have not won but they're both like i feel like people champions i mean chappies going out so early in the previous season but still somehow making it in the top three for fan favorite at the end of the season yeah. just tells you how much people love him and yeah. i was so disappointed i knew they were going to waste him in that spot i knew he was getting the tony Blackhorse treatment as soon as he can win it that season similar to how tony did in game changes so yeah luke chappies um and then the next one is so close for me between two people but i said i can't do special shout outs so i've got to keep to my own rules i'll probably put dino in there um dino is an amazing person amazing survivor player and also just the fact that you know he's he, if it wasn't for him i wouldn't even have been at the survivor south african after party you know which he got me into so shout out to dino he's he's really involved in the online survivor community but there's so many more players that are just awesome but if i had to choose three right now that's kind of the three people that you know i'd have their backs like i, I would i would i would follow my sword for them in an alliance if we had to go fans versus yeah. favorite um and a season all right mucky we're going over to you for the u.s franchise um actually just before we do that let me just quickly read out odette's comment here Odette, welcome to the life he says amanda versus todd 
two players people want to see play again for totally different reasons. And that's for a rival season. Um, Maki, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Amanda and Todd were, I thought they were friends. I didn't think that they were um, rivals. Yeah. I, maybe like, Ryder they... dies. I would bring him back for Ryder dies. Maybe. I, I think maybe it could be that thing. I mean, I haven't watched China in ages, but, but maybe it's one of those things where Amanda needed to take Todd out to potentially win, even then, like you know, Courtney got more votes than Amanda in in the final tribal council. So, like, who really knows? But I think maybe if Amanda did take out Todd, then maybe they would put Amanda as like the big strategic player at the end. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, that's possible. Um, all right, favorite three players enough stalling for the US. Who's your favorite three players over in the US, and why is it Sari? <laughs> yes, Suri is, Suri is definitely one of them, you know. Got nothing to really explain, you know. She's the mastermind behind everything, you know. Um, especially in game changes, she was meant to be out first, but she got saved by the swap. And then from swap onwards, she was always in a really good spot. Um, Malcolm, without spoilers, without spoilers, have you watched Traitors? No, no, I haven't. Okay. I know that I know the outcome of it. If you but... love uh, if you love Suri without spoiling anything, you know, she is on that season. Oh. There's a couple of other returning players like Stephanie, Stephanie uh, Valencia as well from Survivor is in there. And then a bunch of um, other players. Did I say that right? Was it LaGrossa? Stephanie LaGrossa. Sorry, anyways. Stephanie yeah. from Guatemala. <laughs> she's in there. Um, and Harris is Valencia. And I forgot her first season that she played in. Um, but yeah, she's, she's back. And then a couple of other reality tv stars you may or may not know so anyway so you said Suri. who else who's the other two to round it off um malcolm you know we've spoken a bit about malcolm but his blindside game changes was the first ever heartbreak i i've ex like experienced you know in survivor and that was the second season i ever watched you know like because it was just randomly on on telly and i saw the aussie boot and i was like oh you know i'm just gonna go back to watch the start and then I liked Malcolm from the first episode, and then my heart got crushed. So, yeah, I'd definitely love to see him come back and play again. And for the third one, oh, it's so hard because there's so many. I'm going to say Tyson. I was I was going to say Tony, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put Tyson because I think he's just so funny, so charismatic, and I think he really got screwed by the fact that he didn't really have many other old schools to work with, and um. Winners at war, but I feel like you put Tyson onto any season, he makes a merge and he goes really deep. Yeah, I oh, listen, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, my favorite players of all time, you know, I love Sari, I think she's one of the best. I'm not going to put her in my favorite three players because I love the characters. You clearly saw that with Luke, and you clearly saw that with Chappies for my, for my picks. And then, you know, Dino is just a great player and a great winner overall, um, as well. But I love the characters in general. So, for the players, Tony Vlachos has always been my number one, will always be my number one. Um, not just because I think he's the best to ever play, but also just because he's he's like the best in everything, he's the best strategist, the best character character you know like if you could create a, a perfect player to go play survivor you know that's tony you're looking at him so he's right up there not only is he a great player but he's also a great character um tyson definitely for me as well as a character i, I agree with you top three player that if you bring tyson back in any other season i'd watch him similar to like how i'd watch tony um and then my last one might be a little bit of a left field one here 
but it's going to be coach. I love coach, man. I want to see coach come back and play the game again. Um, you know, it would have been close between coach and another player for me. That's very similar um, in regards to the archetype on survivor. Not that I think he's the best player, but he was definitely one of the best characters. And uh, I loved seeing his growth um, and, 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 you know, going from where he was in his first season to being humbled and then coming back um, and sort of starting off humble, but then getting full of himself towards the end and not being able to own his game. I just think he's great TV. And I think that if there's any legend season, we need to see them back. And preferably, you know, now Tyson's played so many times, but I'd love to see Tyson and coach play the game together again. Absolutely. And after I said my list, I realized I left coach out and I was like, oh, dang. I and and, and you know coach, what? You know? you know what? That's why I love token chains so much. Like, to, I think I'm higher yeah. on token chains than most people. I do want to read some um, live comments here coming in from Odette. He said, and this is some some hot tea for those that are listening here um, oh. on the podcast. He says that hey, we're going to be spilling it. He said, Todd <laughs> really didn't give her any credit on his recent podcast with Tyson unlike Path, who gave her tons of credit for Micronesia. And that to me is sad because clearly like Tot's a great player. But I, the first time I watched that, I was in the minority of people who wanted Amanda to win. I, I saw Amanda's gameplay that season and I thought she was extremely good. And I don't think Todd would have been as effective without Amanda there. And I, for me, from what I saw on a TV show, it looked like they were very 50-50 on how they played that game. But Todd was better at explaining his game to the jury where Amanda struggled. And um, I'm so happy that Pav has remained loyal to Amanda and has given her credit because I think Amanda's one of the best to ever play the game. Um, she gets forgotten a lot of the times. Um, to me, it's crazy because probably she wasn't great at final tribal councils, but she's clearly one of the better players that we've seen. Um, even on... Um, even in Eurus's villains, that that scene where she's trying to get the advantage, right? Um, and it was her and who was it, uh, Candace that were fighting for it, or Danielle? Danielle, that's right. That was yeah. a great scene. That's a great scene. So yeah, I, I think she's great. And uh, Odette agrees. And also, Odette, thank you for correcting me there. Lagrossa, Palau, Guatemala, and heroes versus villains. All right, let's move on to our next one here. We've got two more topics on it. And um, which one will we talk about first? We'll talk about Survivor South Africa. Whoa. Will we see another season, Mucky? Because there has been absolutely no news to date about Mnet renewing it. Uh, you know, I, I'm hearing some rumors that, that Mnet might not be putting it back on. Like, do you think that it's coming back on? What do you think is going to happen with Survivor South Africa? It's a beloved series. Um, well, I mean, you know, just like you, I haven't really heard anything. I haven't really researched about it because I just haven't been sure. Um, like, like, yeah, like we're, I'll be able to find out the information because sometimes we research about, you know, like different series and shows, but in order to access certain sites, you have to get a VPN or be in that country to, to read them. And so, yeah, I saw I'm, an article. I'm, I saw an article in South Africa that I, I I've not been able to find it online, but a friend of mine sent it through um on whatsapp that said it survives of africa will not be renewed um but i haven't seen it make any global headline news or getting out anywhere else so i'm like i don't know if i should be sitting on this information or i should be talking about it um the one thing yeah. i do know is that if survivors of africa is not renewed via mnet i have a feeling that someone's going to pick it up like it's just too good of a franchise yeah. it's well supported there's global interest in it um i would like and firstly, obviously, I've, I've I've got a good relationship with Mnet. I've been able to do exit interviews with them before. So obviously, if they keep it, I'd be very happy because we could continue to do the exit press. But I personally 
um if, if mnet doesn't take it then i want to see it on like netflix or prime or something like that i think that it would fit really well in a streaming service where it could be potentially made available to a lot of people who watch it globally because sadly the thing with survivor south africa is that a lot of people do end up pirating it because they can't watch it legally they would support it if they could support it legally exactly you know i guess i'm a horrible horrible villain but I did watch Pirate of Survivor South Africa, <laughs> you know, because it's just the only way I can watch it. You know, like um, I, I guess I could use a VPN to try to try maybe get in, but it's it's just much. Oh, easier, it's very difficult. You know? yeah. It's very difficult in Survivor South Africa to get in because you actually it's it's not only do you have the VPN, it's also behind a paywall. So it's not in a free to view channel. You've got to pay a subscription to DSTV oh. or Mnet to be able to watch it. So it's another reason why it doesn't reach the same masses in South Africa that Survivor would reach over in the US and potentially in Australia because it's in a free to view channel. Um, Tom here says, and, and this is the same question that we sort of just explored for Survivor South Africa. Tom asks, do you reckon Survivor Australia will be in trouble of getting renewed? If this season doesn't improve on numbers, I'm pretty sure Blood versus Water didn't have the best numbers. And to add to that as well, some of the recent reality TV shows that have been on Channel 10 have been tanking in the numbers. People are sort of turning away from it um, and not watching it as much. Personally, I think that Survivor Australia will have to fall a lot. I mean, Traitors have just been renewed over in Australia, which I know will make some people very happy because there were some rumors out there that Traitors was going to get cancelled. And that there wasn't going to be another season of it. And it had a lot less viewers compared to Australian Survivor. It had about 200,000 to 300,000 viewers that were watching Traders. But I think Australian Survivor, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Marcus, or someone in the chat, still gets closer to 600 to 900,000 views in, in that vicinity overall. So it's still a lot higher compared to Traders. I do think personally, the big reason why Survivor Australia has been struggling on, on some of that ratings is because of the fact that they're not casting legitimate fans. They're not casting people. They're casting celebrities. They're casting people, again, that have played the show before. And for some other reason, they had two good seasons of Champions versus Contenders, and now they're just following that blueprint of um, celebs versus plebs, basically. And that's what they're yeah. doing every single season so that's kind of my thoughts on that one i don't know if there's anything you want to add or can add to that mucky from your end um i would actually love to see like some kind of maybe statistics chart of viewings you get live on tv and viewings you get through streaming services or like you know through um through netflix through you know your online movie websites because that's how i watch us survivor and just all those other things because i feel like with our sort of generation we we tend to like we love getting a show and just binge watching all the episodes you know sometimes yeah. when it comes to like you know waiting weekly it can be hard for some people you know and some people just like yeah i just want to watch it all in one go it's just easy as you know that's why netflix is really popular because they do a season each time and some people can go through a season in a whole day you know and um so i definitely love to see because definitely i think you know live tv views i know that can heavily affect australia but i think if survivor south africa was to look at their potential you know streaming services and how well it does actually online 
the statistics would be much greater, much different, and potentially same with strength survivor. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the last time I spoke to um, Leroux Buerta about ratings and things like that when I was in South Africa, and I met up with him for lunch, who's the executive producer and creative producer for Survivor, he said that Eminem doesn't share ratings with them like over in Australia. So he doesn't know the viewership numbers. Um, one of the things Marcus is bringing up uh, to my attention again is that Survivor South Africa does air on 10 play legally in Australia. And that is right, Marcus. That's how I watch it because I VPN into Australia to watch um, Survivor Australia and also um, to legally watch Survivor South Africa because I do want to support it to continue to have it on air. And I do know that having it on 10 play has been a boost to Survivor South Africa in regards to viewership numbers um, and obviously bringing in extra ad revenue as well, which they need to continue to keep the show on air. So anybody that does want to watch it, um, you can VPN to Sydney or Melbourne and you can watch or anywhere in Australia and you can watch um, Survivor South Africa and support it legally on there. It is a great show. Um, also Marcus brings up here, I heard there was a bit of drama on another podcast regarding a couple of contestants, which might explain why Mnet potentially is not renewing. Marcus, I know exactly what drama you're talking about. I definitely don't want to get into that on this podcast. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know is, is my answer regarding that because that drama that happened for some other reason, it's been squashed at that podcast level. And it hasn't, from my understanding, made it into the mainstream media in South Africa. So if you're not a very hardcore fan that follow the show very closely and that listens to these podcasts, I don't know if the everyday Joe in South Africa is even aware of this. Um, so it kind of looks like it got squashed. And um, I've heard a lot of different things behind the scenes that you know, I, I kind of just want to stay out of that one. I definitely don't want to get too involved. But I, I know exactly what drama you're talking about. I don't think that is the reason, though. Um Marcus at my OSA. Yep, that's just one there. Fadat Slim says traders got renewed. Yes, it did get renewed. So I'm excited about that as well because I really do enjoy traders. Um, you definitely, Maki, need to get into it. You know, if you're if you're liking I these do. kind of shows, there's there's one or two things about traders I would like to improve or for it to be improved as a show. But overall, I still think it's a it's a really good substitute if you can't if you can't watch Survivor, it's out of Survivor season. Go check out traders. Um, Odette says, if I remember correctly, I heard Shannon and Mike Bloom hint that from what they understood from the roof, that South Africa will continue, but not maybe on Mnet. Yeah, I don't know what's been said about that, so I'm just going to stay out of it. I've heard some some things as well, uh, but I feel like Survivor South Africa will get picked up again. Uh, Tom McPherson says, also in Australia, you can watch season six to nine. That's right, on 10 play. Um, Australian Survivor is in the wrong slot for the year and up against the Juggernaut and Merited First Sight, which gets a million viewers five city metro a night people would much rather watch that shit <laughs> yep and, and for some oh. other reason they were trying to get the maths people to watch the challenge and they didn't watch it <laughs> so i've got a great idea they should cast people from merit at first sight well they tried it for the challenge they 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 casted a big star from that and people well they, and, and saying that that person went home pretty early so maybe that's a reason that they didn't yeah. continue to watch well, it. Well, not, not like one person, but like, you know, like quite a few people, I reckon. You know, they already cast a lot of celebrities, but I get quite a few people from Married at First Sight, like all the big yeah. names from it, you know, because, you, you know, if Australian Survivor can, can get Sandra on, you know, they could pretty much get anyone else on. So, mm. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, listen, we've got one left to spend. I wonder what it could be. <laughs> I wonder what it could be. It's the biggest one of them all. Um, I haven't actually, I was thinking at one point of making a video about this, but I didn't do so because I've kind of stayed out of the drama. I try not to do too much negative content here 
on the channel and try and keep it to the positive. I think the most negative content I've had on it was when I was raging against the fact that they brought heroes versus villains in as the theme for Australian Survivor. And I was like, why are you wasting a good theme when you should be holding off on that until you bring back all returnees? But, you know, now I'm like, it's happening. I'm going to buy into it. I'm going to be positive about the season and hope that the best sort of happens. But we're going to talk about Russell Hans. Um, it's been over a week now, maybe almost a week and a half since news has dropped that Russell Hans has been scamming people, um, fans of his that watch his channel and follow him. He would be doing fantasy leagues with them and then keeping the money for himself. Uh, he has been quiet. He hasn't spoken about it. Normally he's on YouTube quite a bit, but we haven't seen him on his own channel to come out and say anything about it or try and disprove it. There's some actual footage and screenshots of the conversations that's happening from his account with some of these fans. What's your take on this? What's your take on Russell Hans? Were you a fan of Russell Hans when you first watched him like I was? And and how do you feel about Russell Hans when this type of stuff is coming out? Um, my opinion... Uh, you muted yourself there, Mucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my opinion of, of Russell Hans, like, because the first season I watched the film was Heroes, Heroes versus Villains. Then I watched some, uh, then Redemption Island, and then obviously when they came on Australian Survivor. So my opinion of him was like, you know, he's not really a nice person, obviously. You know, I do think he does play a great game, but socially he sucks more than a vacuum cleaner. You get what I mean? And he doesn't learn from yeah. that. You yeah. know, it's like he just never learns. And then he blames other people for him sucking socially, even though, like, you know, there's only one person you can blame for sucking socially, and that's you. You know, and he just never learns, he makes the same complaints, he does the same mistakes all the time. And so I've never really had too much respect for him. I've admired his gameplay, but I've never really liked him as like a person or anything. And I've sometimes checked out his channel here and there, you know, the odd video will pop up on YouTube. And you know, like you know, I, I I I may talk up like a lot of shit sometimes. You know, it just just naturally comes out of the mouth. But some of the stuff that he says is just so mind blowing. How production is like wanting him to come back, but he's saying no. It's like nobody's asking you to come back, mate. Like you know, and um, like I'm pretty sure he might be like black marked for Australia or something. I'm not sure. You know. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, he's just nuts. Yeah. Kahuna. Welcome to the live says throwing his fans at methodical ah, socks Kahuna. in the final. Uh, Kahuna will be one of the co-hosts next week when we speak about the first week of Australian Survivor action. Uh, Kahuna, apologies for not getting you in on this live stream. I know you're dropping in towards the end. Um, myself and Mucky just did an impromptu one where we had a phone conversation and I said, let's get on a live and, and, and do a live and talk about a few topics. Uh, but go check out Kahuna's TV. He's also in the description at the bottom or as one of the recommended channels. And then Jake King here says, why do I need, why do I not feel surprised about this? Um, my thing personally on the Russell Hans thing is, listen, I've been one of those people that I, I still think, you know, play aside from the person, Russell is a legend in regards to what he's achieved in the game of Survivor. Two of the best strategic games ever played, brutal, ruthless, a true villain of the game. Um, and I could always forgive him for being that way in the game and maybe he wasn't that socially aware. And, you know, I really wanted him to make a comeback and be a better person outside of the game. But kind of this proves that, you know, when 19 people in the cast despise you, 
the 19 people are probably right. You're probably a bit of a scumbag outside of the game, which is sad to say. You know, I, I didn't want to believe that he was doing this stuff. Um, this is all alleged, but like I said, there's screenshots out there. Uh, it, it saddens me that, you know, he took advantage of fans, people who actually liked him and people who were like, you know, uh, no matter what, because it, it's it's almost easier not to like Russell, especially if you're a part of the online survivor community because everybody dunks on him. So to be a fan and to follow him on his channel and and then for you to do something like that, to take advantage of the position of power you're in, um, to me is kind of the lowest of the low. And, and, and I really it's really sad to see it you know to be honest with you and 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 a lot of people can tell us they told us so you know which is which is uh, a sad thing steven here says i was just watching survivor samoa i think he was completely aware of all three seasons he was arrested during the time of his one of his reunions i didn't know i, I heard something about them getting in a brawl in a, in a fight and he he spoke on his channel a little bit about the fact that when survivor was over it took over his life like he became that character that he was on the show outside of the show but um yeah i mean it's hard to come back from this one uh, i'm surprised that um like if he could keep that following amazing he's probably just going to ignore that this has come out and hope that it blows away but for a long period of time i've been off the russell train and that's why i had some people in the comments tell me when I put Boston Rob versus Legs as a rival duo, I would like to see. They said, nah, put Russell versus Rob. I on purpose snubbed him and I didn't put him in that because I was like, you know, I've seen enough of Russell. Um, you know, he, he's kept bad mouthing Australian Survivor as well because he got outplayed. Um, and now he says it's like a lesser version of the show. It doesn't look good on him. Um, and he tries and ignores it. But the real problem was he came back for a fourth time and still played exactly the same way he did the first two times. And people knew what they could expect from him. But yeah, it's sad. It's sad to see this. You know, I would have loved for him to turn things around. He's He's been selling all of his memorabilia. He's been trying to turn the leaf. But um, sadly, I think, you know, this kind of shows his true colors, Mucky, in my mind. But Actually, oh, sorry. I, I heard from somewhere that he went to go sell the, I think the original letter that JT wrote him, Heroes versus Villains. And it sold for a lot. I'm not sure how much it sold for. But I, I think it already sold, yeah. He sold everything. He sold his baths and like everything that he had for Survivor, he sold because I think he was going to do a trip overseas or something like that with his family. But um, yeah. still, like I said, sad, sad thing to see. And and if you're a fan of the show and you weren't aware of it, I'm sure most people that follow this podcast, they're aware of all the Survivor news. Just be careful uh, about giving any money to him and to his channel because you don't know where it's going to go. I do remember that when he was in Thailand, he actually had, he asked his fans for money to give to like a like an orphanage and for kids there and stuff like that and i would sort of wonder where that money went and if he actually did give it like uh, i don't know enough but um yeah kahuna says innovative the first time tired and predictable by the fourth yep i agree 100 yeah. agree with that all right well this has been a lot of fun mucky just jumping on here you know um talking a little bit about survivor if this is something that people like, please, everybody that's in the live, consider just hitting the like button on this. It helps with the algorithms. I've got to jump off the live and actually go make a thumbnail for this now so that people hopefully click on this video because I didn't even have one ready when we jumped on. But this was a lot of fun. If people like this type of thing where we just put a bunch of random topics for Survivor on a wheel, we spin it, we talk about it. Um, leave comments below. Let us know uh, a topic that you would like for us to add onto the wheel next time that we jump on here and maybe we get a few more people like Kahuna and Michelle and a few more guests, maybe even from other channels such as Reality Realness, um, Angel Cake Drew, 
Jake, a few people on here. I think we could make a little bit of an event of this and, and have more random chats about Survivor. It's always fun to have the, the live audience here as well as we do this. Um, and Jay says, damn, now I came on. Listen, Jay, there's a full hour and 38 minutes of content of us talking about, I don't know how many topics we spoke about just now. We probably spoke about 10 or 15 random uh, Survivor topics. So what you need to do, I'll do it again on one um, condition, Jay. You need to listen to this. Let us know what topics in the comments below afterwards you would like us to talk about next time and we'll add it to the wheel and we'll do just another random live where we'll talk about random Survivor topics um, because I've had a blast. Maki, have you had fun with this? I had a lot of fun. This is definitely a lot more entertaining than what I had. I wish I yeah. had for tonight, which is to go took, swimming. <laughs> yeah, it took, it took my mind away. It took my mind away from the fact that Auckland is like um, currently being flooded. So I need to go outside and, and make sure that, um, you know, there's, there, there's still, you know, no cars in my backyard or anything like that with all the flooding happening in the road here in the back. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Thank you everybody that's been in the live here it's been a hell of a lot of fun um we'll see you on the next one next week when we come back we will be talking about the first week's action of australian survivor heroes versus villains i'm so excited about it can't wait to talk to you guys then um and see you then bye bye